I'm Dimitri Gatsunas, and this is These Days. We could say that tennis has a China problem, but we would do well to turn that on its head and consider that China has a tennis problem. For anyone following the news lately, they are well aware that tennis star Peng Shui has gone virtually missing since November 2nd when she posted on her Chinese social media that high-ranking Chinese official Vice Minister Zhang Gaoli had raped her. In some of the reports I've read, it was alleged that her, excuse me, his wife stood guard outside the door while the vice minister assaulted the tennis star. WTA chief Steve Simon has said that the Women's Tennis Association is, quote, at a crossroads with China. And it's worth noting that the year-end finals for tennis have been uh, slated to be held there through 2028. That's an event that invites the top eight women in the world uh, to compete against one another. It's a big money event. And as well, China has been over the last 10 years, very serious about promoting the sport within its borders. There was a video call that emerged between an Olympic official and Peng Shui, and Peng Shui apparently was seen at a youth tennis tournament in Beijing, and this has done very little, if anything, to uh, reassure the public of her safety and her well-being. Steve Simon, in an act of great leadership uh, by way of the WTA and representing the WTA, has taken a firm stand and said simply, this is not enough. We should note that Peng Shui is one of many in the world of business, in the world of activism, as well as ordinary people who have simply disappeared after criticizing the Communist Party. CNN was reporting on this in China, and they have said that their signal was pulled while they were reporting on this incident. So these are the dirty tactics that we have come to know of by way of China. And I think one of the things that they show us, at least me, is that China as a country, first off, is a remarkably bullying entity. They use coercion intimidation and propaganda, as well as spying, to get their way and to create a climate of fear around people so that they do not really know how to proceed and they become very cautious and they become very capitulatory. And this is a real problem. We see this acted out not just within China's borders, but by way of companies and corporations. If you look at ESPN, Disney, they have not taken a firm stand on China, but they sure as heck want to have their business expand there. We had the LeBron James NBA fiasco that occurred a little bit over a year ago when the NBA once again capitulated and really didn't take a firm stand on a country that continues to oppress scores of minorities. So out of one side of their mouth, uh, entities like the NBA and ESPN Disney profess to be really concerned about the well-being of minorities, in particular black minorities. But when it comes to other minorities that might interfere with their business interests, they seem to be very quiet on the matter. This is a grave concern for us. But here's the thing. 
When you come across someone like a Steve Simon or even now someone like Ted Cruz, and I can imagine there are a lot of people rolling their eyes about uh, Ted Cruz, but Ted Cruz actually has taken a very firm stand verbally on China in this situation and should be credited for it. So what you find is this. China has been turning over more and more control of its business, societal, and cultural interests to the Communist Party. A little over a week ago, their leader, Xi Jinping, was elevated to a status that is reserved for former leaders like Mao. So he is now going to be able to exercise more control. He's going to have more influence than at any time before. And this has been authorized by the Chinese Communist Party. This unity seems at the moment to be serving China frighteningly well. They seem to be running very efficiently in many areas of their economy, including tech and their military. They are absolutely booming. They are becoming a global powerhouse, a superpower for sure, and one that many people are predicting is going to surpass in several areas the United States in the not-too-distant future. But there is a problem with this model, and China is, in fact, far more vulnerable than anyone seems to be led to believe at this moment, and I'll explain how. When you have a leader like a Steve Simon who takes a stand on China and takes a stand against China, he, and I would say future leaders, are taking a stand not simply against a business interest within the borders of China, say company X or company Y, and then taking their business to another company within those borders. They are divesting and potentially boycotting the country as a whole. And so if you get another business leader whose business is even bigger than Steve Simon's WTA, and then you get another company, and you get the customers who go along with that company to also divest from China, you have a country that is far more vulnerable, despite everything it does to not make this happen, to the cultural influence of the outside world. China, it's also worth pointing out, is so intensely guarded against any kind of humiliation. We're seeing that with this Peng Shui incident, and we're also seeing it with COVID. And the more it seems to try to fend these things off, the more alert, the more aware the world seems to be to China and its machinations. So I would say this. This potential boycott of China by Steve Simon, and we don't know how this is going to turn out yet, is just the tip of the iceberg. There are so many dirty tricks that China is engaged in, so many acts of propaganda and absolute manipulation of its population as well as others that more and more will come to the fore in due time. The question remains whether or not the American capitalist society and its various interests are willing to take a moral stand and allow their morals and principles to step to the fore rather 
than simply their business interests. And that's a test for all of us. I'm Dimitri Gatsiunas. In our next segment, we'll take up another tennis topic, the new biopic about Richard Williams and his daughters, Venus and Serena. The film is called King Richard. We'll be back in just a moment. Speaking of hypocrisy, our own and our collective hypocrisy, there's a new film that's out about the tennis parent Richard Williams, and the name of the film is King Richard. It's out in theaters and also on HBO Max. It stars Will Smith as the title character, and also, very worth noting, Anjanu Ellis as Oracine Williams. That's Richard Williams's wife. A few disclaimers here before I begin what is not going to be a review. I think you can go see the film and you don't need my review to see it or not see it. I'm not here to really come down heavily on one side or the other as a critic of the film. But the disclaimer is this. I'm a tennis parent and I have raised three kids in the sport, two who are playing at a fairly high level now as we speak. And I had and have a vested interest in Richard Williams. He's a tennis parent. He's a tennis parent whose children have obviously achieved an incredible amount of success. Their obstacles aside, even, they've achieved an extraordinary level of success to the point that we can very clearly say that Serena Williams is the greatest female tennis player of all time. She does not need another Grand Slam title to solidify that title. I think she's held that title for quite some time, and I believe she will (laughs) as far into the future as I can imagine, and she should be immensely commended for that. And Richard Williams, as a tennis parent, had a hand in that, and a significant one, though I would say Serena's success, certainly her later career success, owes a lot more to her coach Patrick Moratoglu than it does to anything from Richard Williams. But Richard Williams planted the seeds, he had the vision, and this film really goes out of its way to remind us of that, and it it wishes to lionize Richard Williams. The only other disclaimer I want to add is I am inherently not a huge fan of biopics, which this is. I think the last biopic that I sat through almost all of would have been in the early 2000s, which was the film Pollock starring Ed Harris. I happen to find most biopics to be, frankly, cringy because of the ways in which they are really rather unbelievable and really tend to be incredible feel-good stories, though I, I recall the ending of Pollock not having been that way. Anyhow, all of that out of the way, one of the key points of this film is it is trying, as its title so clearly suggests, to lionize uh, Richard Williams. He raised two independently-minded daughters and were reminded over and over again that they're educated. And the whole thrust of the movie seems to be that this guy, 
Richard Williams, who suffered racism in the South, moved to Compton, continued to suffer racism, continued to suffer it on the tennis circuits that he went on with his daughter, whether it was the junior circuit or the professional tour. And he just overcame unbelievable systemic odds, if you will, to achieve an unprecedented level of greatness. We're reminded from an interview Venus Williams did lately, this is a, a quote of hers about the film. She says, quote, this film gives a glimpse into our lives that no one knows about. Our dad is amazing, end quote. And we have heard the girls say how amazing their father is over and over again. Rarely, if any, has a bad word been spoken about him by them. Unfortunately, that is a myth, And it's a myth that we continue to buy into. And I can only say this, that Richard Williams is a far more significantly and detrimentally flawed person than the character we're presented with in the film. And I'm not here to list a whole bunch of things that he's done wrong. One can do their own research on this, but it is a very curious decision by many of the people involved in this film to portray Richard Williams as they have. I understand there were family members on the set uh, throughout the making of this film to make sure that T's were crossed and I's were dotted just the way they wanted to. I know that there was a film that had been worked on several years back that was pulled, and I'm not sure who pulled it. It may have been the Williams sisters, could have been someone else, but the film was not given uh, authorization by the family, and the film was subsequently pulled. I know the director was disappointed in that. But Richard Williams has a history that is well worth delving into, and just the slightest bit of research that you do will bring you upon it. And it is not pretty, and it is not something that we should be one-dimensionally lionizing the way we are in this film. And the other curious point about all of this is that one of the allegations that has come up against Richard Williams is that he abused his wife, Oracine, in the late 90s when she was hospitalized with three broken ribs. He has not been officially charged. He's not been uh, found guilty of any kind of crime, but there was a strong suspicion of this. And there are quotes from her and there are actions from the daughters to at least suggest this. And to the point that it has been suggested in this day and age, when we have a certain kind of awareness around how we treat women, for this to have been left out of the film is particularly poignant. But it becomes even more so when we consider who Will Smith is and what his background is. Will Smith has written about, has talked about having been a witness of his own father physically abusing his mother. And so to go around and to champion Richard Williams as a hero and to not include any kind of strong allusion to any of the other things that he did that I think most reasonable people would find highly problematic is an act of significant hypocrisy. And so this is an authorized biopic 
authorized by the family. So if one wants to go see it, go see it. I'm not here to persuade you or dissuade you. I can merely say that I look forward to perhaps a future film coming out about not King Richard, but about Richard Williams that shows us a little bit more, that gives us a little bit more depth of character about who he was and his impact, not just on his two daughters, whom we like to hold up as heroes, and actually looks at more than that. He had far more children than that, for instance. So perhaps that's in the works down the road. I don't know. Um, Not holding my breath, but I await a more substantial and a more honest biopic about Richard Williams in the future. For these days, I'm Dimitri Gatsunas. (laughs) 